folks, um, in front of you, I'd love you to have open uh, Matthew chapter 1. And as you do that, let's take a drink for a moment. We had a fun night last night. Um, if you weren't able to make it, you can imagine uh, this area here, no chairs or anything, and children running wild. That's what you, all you need to do, and imagine that, and you'll get about right, wouldn't you? And some, some spectacular dancing from, from kids I wouldn't have expected, but there you go. Um, welcome to, if you're watching at home, uh, I hope you're enjoying our little YouTube um, sermon videos. So Matthew chapter 1, open there, we're going to continue our series in Matthew, and also if you've got your, your bulletin, then there's an outline there you can open up and follow along. All right, how about I pray for us and ask God to help us as we uh, look at his word. Father, we do pray, we do thank you for your word today. Uh, we thank you for this time of year when we get to celebrate um, the birth of your son. We get to celebrate, uh, God, you coming to us in the flesh in Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you're a saving God. We pray that we would hear your word today and put your words into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. So when, uh, when Michelle got pregnant... Um, with any of our children, uh, it was of course, of course, of great celebration and thankfulness, but it was also a cause of great angst. Um, no, not because we were worried about the future. No, not because we were with the, the weight of the burden of responsibility was weighing heavy on us. None of those things, particularly. No, no, no. We had to choose a name. That was the problem. Uh, we had to choose a name, and here's what the, this issue boiled down to, and that is that. Uh, well, I had been a secondary school teacher, and I know some of you, this, you can resonate well with this. Um, I had come across lots of names, many, many names, some good memories, some not so good memories. Uh, each name was a reminder, and possibly a painful reminder, of this or that student. So the process went a bit like this. Um, Michelle would suggest a name, and I'd go, oh... No, remember that year eight kid I told you about back in, you know? And, and on and on it went. In the end, well, we only had to, well, in the end, I, I said yes to three names. And those three names I hadn't come across in my classrooms. <laughs> so all was good. We were happy with them. Um, it's pretty fair to say that, that almost every child's name has a story behind it. Uh, it, a story that gives it special significance. Although I'm still wondering what the story was for Graham. Um, it means of the grey land. Uh, hardly inspirational. Anyway, um, in Jesus' day, just like today, uh, perhaps even more so, names had special significance. They told a story. And like the naming of a royal baby... Family tradition meant a lot to a first century Jew. The genealogy we looked at in Matthew's, Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew chapter 1, demonstrates this. Luke tells us that when um, Elizabeth, so Mary's cousin, relative, and Zechariah named their son John, this caused great stir in the family. Uh, just quoting from Luke chapter 1, after they told their relatives what the name of their baby would be, they piped up or they cried out and said, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. How could you turn your back on family tradition? Maybe you've been there with uh, naming your children, I don't know. Uh, you can imagine how that conversation might have gone anyway. But of course, it was the name of, it was the name the angel had told John's parents uh, to give 
give him. Uh, Elizabeth was just being obedient to the word of God. Matthew records a similar story when the angel brought his message to Joseph. God has chosen the name of Mary's son, Jesus. But hang on, there's no Jesus in the genealogy of Matthew chapter 1. Family controversy again. This family can't take a trick, can they? Although some say that Joseph named the baby Jesus after uh, Joshua in the Old Testament. Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua, which means the Lord saves. And no doubt Joseph admired uh, Joshua greatly, but the angel gave the real reason for this name. And you can see it in Matthew 1, verse 21. He shall save his people from their sins. You see, in the Old Testament, uh, Joshua had been God's instrument in bringing his people into the promised land. That was their salvation out of Egypt. But when it came to Mary's son, her son's name expressed something far, far deeper and greater. Jesus himself was the God who saves. Jesus himself was the God who saves. Perhaps perhaps the angel's words would have reminded Joseph of the last few words of Psalm 130. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Unfailing love and full redemption. That means saving, full saving, set free, the the burden lifted from all their sins. See, perhaps Joseph asked himself, how would these words be fulfilled in and through this baby that Mary was was carrying? This baby who would save his people from their sins. How would that be possible? Joseph knew his Bible pretty well. Good evidence for that. And he knew that he knew of the gradual unfolding of the promise of Genesis 3.15, which Kathy read to us a moment before. We looked at last week too. That said that a redeemer or a saviour would come from the seed of the woman and crush the head of the serpent, the devil. In other words, dealing with sin once and for all. It's sort of hard to really understand what Joseph was feeling and what he was thinking about this baby who would save his people from their sins. But just maybe Joseph was reminded of another Old Testament passage about God's promised salvation. Isaiah had spoken about a coming servant of the Lord who would be wounded for our transgressions, a crush for our iniquities, Isaiah 53. Now, Joseph, Joseph's peers would most likely have been hoping for a Messiah or, or saviour figure who would be a military a conqueror. Uh, delivering them from the Romans, leading them to a new and glorious age promised by the prophets. But through the angel's naming of Jesus, Joseph was learning that Mary's child would fulfil the Old Testament prophecies in, in in a different way. Jesus would deal with an older and more destructive enemy than the Roman Empire. You see, the people's greatest needs just as they are now, in fact, my greatest need, your greatest need, are not, they're not socio-political, they're not military, they're, they were, they're spiritual, they're, they're moral. 
The child's name was to be Jesus because he would save his people from their sins, not their politics, not, nor any other social or military desire that they harboured. It's been, um, I found this quote in various forms. I'll put it up for you. Um, it's hard to work out who the original author is, but if our greatest need has been in, had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, and so God sent us a saviour. All this was dawning on Joseph as he named this child. But Jesus is not the only name given to Mary's son in this passage. I wonder if you can see the other one. We see it down in verses 22 and 23. Matthew quotes Isaiah 7 verse 14. Anyway, let's read Matthew 1 verse 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let me give you a bit of background to what was going on in Isaiah at the time and then we'll see why Matthew... Uh, considers he, Matthew uh, sees Jesus fulfilling what happened in Isaiah 7. So it's a time of national crisis. So God had sent uh, Isaiah, the prophet, to the king of Israel, and his name is Ahaz, telling him to ask for a sign from the Lord. But Ahaz replied with this sort of fake piety, oh, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord God to test. The truth is Ahaz was a man who wanted to do things his way rather than God's way. Well, Isaiah responded uh, that if that's the case, God would send a sign. So in verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. But in Ahaz's case, this sign was not good news. For him, for his family, even for Israel. God with us meant bad news first. The word that came to Ahaz was his royal house, his family line was doomed. So look at verse 16 and 17. Before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid right waste. The Lord will bring on you and your people and on the house of your father, a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. It's the north and south, Israel and Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. Now Isaiah, in the next chapter or two, then goes on to talk about a time of judgment and destruction. And about the birth of his own son, who God commanded him to call Maha Shalal Hashbaz. And I bet he hoped for a nickname during high school. Uh, his name actually had a story too. So his name, this is um, Isaiah's son's name, meant uh, quick to the plunder, swift to the spoil. It's a reference to the judgment that was coming on Israel. But after a time of darkness, eventually a light, a time of light would come, brought about by the birth of a child who would be called... Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 9 verse 6 in Isaiah. You know, Isaiah would have had no idea 
No idea of the total time span of these prophecies. I thought about it like that. He wouldn't have known. Uh, the, the time span that these prophecies would have covered. See, it's only when prophecies are fulfilled are they explained. Until then, well, things aren't really clear. But whatever immediate reference Isaiah's prophecies may have had in the 8th century BC, Matthew, who we read today in his gospel, Matthew saw it, saw that it perfectly described the events surrounding the birth of Jesus. Jesus is that child of Isaiah 9 verse 6, who will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is that child of chapter 7. Jesus is Emmanuel. And as we... Uh, Matthew, Matthew saw it perfectly described in the events. And in Jesus, Isaiah's prophecy, therefore, was filled out to the full. And as we keep reading through Isaiah, this son to be born a virgin slowly emerges from the shadow, the shadows in the coming chapters and finally steps out into the full light of day as that suffering servant of Isaiah 53 who would save his people from their sins, who was crushed for our iniquities. Uh, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. All this Matthew could see. Why? Matthew, the tax collector, was called to follow Jesus. The, the, he could see it now because he had come to believe in and know Jesus. Uh, just like we can today. He saw the reality that was just a shadow for Isaiah. Well, Matthew tells us that this child was to have two names. Uh, Jesus, telling us why he came or what he came to do. Through him, God would save his people. And then Emmanuel, telling us who he was, who he is, God himself with his people. The, the virgin conception and the birth of Jesus were the assurance that Mary and Joseph needed, uh, telling them that the child was himself Emmanuel. And if we take our mind back to, the, to last week too, and the genealogy of Matthew 1, again, Matthew's point is nothing less than a new creation, a new beginning. Uh, just to remind you a bit of last week, the words genealogy and birth both come from the same Greek word. You might remember that Greek word I mentioned last week. Genesia. Remind you of something? Genesis. Beginning. God was beginning again in Jesus. And he invites us to begin again with him. So what do you make of these names of Jesus then? Uh, my question today, what's in a name? What's in the name of Jesus? Well, his name is Jesus because he will save you from your sins. He'll make you right with God. He did this by giving up his life as a sacrifice on the cross for our sin. As we sang a moment ago, nails, uh, spears shall pierce him through uh, the cross he bore for you and for me. I think it goes something like that anyway. The Lord saves. But his name is also Emmanuel. For he is God with us, God himself coming to us to save. Not us coming to him. You notice that? It's about God coming to us. That's what we often think, that we have to do something for God. We've, we've got to climb up to God or wait for, until we find him. No, no, no. God has come to us and revealed himself to us in the Lord Jesus. God with us. All we have to do is trust him. Like Matthew, believe in him and we'll be saved. 
That's the gift of Christmas, isn't it? What Christmas is really all about, as that video uh, showed, a fun video, uh, that God has come to us, the gift of Christmas, um, and he saves us. You see, from beginning to end, it is God who saves. We cannot save ourselves. It's God who saves. God comes to us in Jesus. The Lord saves. Emmanuel, God with us. But in all the craziness of this time of year, that's easy to forget, isn't it? It is. We get carried away, especially if you haven't done your Christmas shopping and it's December 19. Not that I know of that, of course. Um, (laughs) Actually, I did it last week. It was pretty early for me. But it's easy to get distracted, isn't it? It's easy to just forget what what, what Christmas is really all about. The gift of Christmas. I came across this quote during the week from William Temple, Archbishop of Canterbury in the 1940s. All is of God. The only thing of my very own which I can contribute to my own redemption is the sin from which I need to be redeemed. How about we pray? Father, we thank you for your kindness to us. We thank you for your grace and mercy. And we thank you for giving us Jesus. We thank you that we don't have to go searching around, climbing and climbing up to heaven, so to speak, and, and, and waiting for a sign from you or anything like that. Lord, we thank you that you've come to us and revealed yourself to us in Jesus. May we trust him. May we trust you. Lord, we know that we can't contribute to what you've done for us. We can't contribute to make ourselves right with you. Help us to remember that. And Lord, we pray today um, that we remember that you indeed save us. It's not our our own doing. Help us to remember the name of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Rod's going to...